Welcome to the Kingdom Life Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Nilsson, speaker, author, and yes, life coach. We live in a noisy world with a million external influences vying for our attention. This is the space where we can quiet the noise, sort out our thoughts through honest conversation, and discover what it looks like to take aligned, faith-filled action in a world of endless possibilities. Hey guys, welcome back. I'm glad you are here with me for another episode. I hope you are well. I am excited to dive into this one today because I feel like it's two steps forward, one step back kind of day. Do you ever feel like that? Like you're making so much forward progress, you're doing great things and all of a sudden, bam, wham, you run into a wall, something hits you, sideline, and uh, you just feel like, man, I thought I was making such great progress and now I'm dealing with this or I'm coming up against the same frustration, the same challenges that I always come up against. What is this about? So if you have been following along, thank you. Welcome back. And we have been talking about what it looks like to hear God's voice for yourself, to discern his voice of love and wisdom and truth, and then to receive it, to absorb it, to to really embody it deep down in your soul and walk by the Spirit to renew your mind, to release control of what your flesh is hanging on to, to receive the Spirit that God wants to give you of faith and love and truth and beauty, all those kinds of things. And so last week, the last episode, I was talking about responding in active faith. What does it look like to say, all right, Lord, I've heard your voice. I'm re- I'm, I'm releasing my flesh. I'm replacing it with your spirit. And I'm going to walk in active faith, active obedience. When you feel the nudge of the Holy Spirit in you, it's so exciting. And then you have this moment of choice. What are you going to do? Are you going to walk forward in active faith or are you going to stop? And today, what I want to do is explore this very real human issue called resistance, hesitation, or pushback. Call it what you want, but I feel like it's so natural, at least in my faith journey, to hear the voice of the Spirit, to be compelled to move forward in faith, and then boom, all of a sudden, I get cold feet. And I'm like, dang, what is coming up for me right now? So what I want to do today is we're going to talk about four reasons why you might be resisting walking in active faith as you listen to the Holy Spirit. So uh, we want to talk about what feelings are coming up for you. So if you are specifically doing some of this beautiful exchange journaling and you're writing with the Lord, you're releasing your thoughts, you're hearing from Him, it's very important to take a minute and explore any resistance because you can't really overcome and have victory over something you don't see, something you don't understand, something you don't name. So as the Lord is giving you Holy Spirit nudges and promptings, and you're feeling led to take some faith-filled, aligned, Christ-centered action in your life, and then all of a sudden, you start to backtrack, second guess. Well, I don't, I don't really know. What is he actually trying to tell me? Did he really say that? All those types of things come up. And guess what? That is super normal. 
But in order to get around it, to walk through it and get to the other side of really experiencing kingdom living and fulfillment, we need to stop in this place, explore the resistance, name it, understand it, and then move forward. So I love this quote by Mark Twain. He says, courage is resistance to fear, mastery of fear, not absence of fear. God tells us we are to be strong and courageous. He is always with us. That doesn't mean that we will not experience fear. Why does he tell us to be courageous? Because we will exactly experience fear. But courage is this resistance to fear, understanding that fear will come up. Natural hesitation, natural resistance, natural pushback, these are all absolutely coming from the flesh. And that's okay. We're human. God knows this about us. And yet when we release the flesh and we renew our minds and we allow his spirit to come in us, we will be able to walk in deeper obedience. So one thing I want to say straight off the bat is it's absolutely natural to feel this resistance. You are not alone. You are not crazy. I feel it all the time. And yet Chances are that if you hear a word from Jesus, you're going to need to grab some courage, explore the resistance. Why does it take courage? What are you afraid of? As you go through this process, it's important to pay attention to your body's reaction. So if you're thinking, okay, I know God's calling me into something. I'm feeling the stirrings of the Holy Spirit speaking to me. And yet for some reason, I can't move my foot. I can't walk in that direction. Why is that? So one thing I want to ask you to do today is pay attention to your body's reaction. So if you're very familiar with the book, The Body Keeps the Score, we know that our bodies are holding on to all kinds of things, experiences, emotions, all of it. We are holistic human beings. So if you feel your heart begin to race out of your chest, if you feel your palms sweat or your jaw clench, Maybe your teeth begin to grind. How many of your teeth grinders or your muscles tense up? I know for me that it's time to pay attention when my my neck, I start to like massage the side of my neck and I start to want to just stretch it out because I know that in my shoulders, in my neck, I'm holding a ton of tension. And sometimes I don't even realize why I'm stressed. There's nothing consciously in my mind that is obvious to me about why I'm stressed. And yet when my body begins to have aches and pains in certain ways, I think, okay, even though I don't know what the stress is, I must be holding on to some kind of tension because I feel it coming up. There is a flare up in my flesh. So at this point, when I do that, I'm, I have to ask the Lord, I clear my mind and I'm like, okay, Lord, what, what is clear my mind of any obvious or hidden deceit? Is there something that I'm holding on to? Is there a personal agenda that I am unwilling to yield to you. Because most of the time stress comes to me when I am holding on to something so tightly. I'm holding on to the outcome. I'm holding on to an expectation of something. And the Lord's like, Megan, if you want to hold on to this, it's going to manifest painfully in your body. But when you release it to me, your body will absolutely begin to relax as you yield the outcome of things to me. So the funny thing is, which I think is hilarious and kind of ironic, is of course we are human beings. It's natural that there's going to be a personal agenda. 
That's why we're coming to God in the first place. That's probably why you pick up that journal and you start to write because you have a personal agenda. You have something that you want to work through. Perhaps your thoughts are tangled up and confused about something. You're longing to see heaven break in, to see God's spirit break in and bring healing and wholeness to you or someone you love. And yet what you're really contending for is a personal agenda. So I I truly believe that that it's okay that this happens, but the reason that we feel resistance is because all of a sudden we have a fear of man overcoming a fear of God. So I think about that moment when, when Jesus is speaking with Martha after Lazarus has died. So I talked about this in the previous episode in John 11. So Lazarus has died. Jesus has come. They're standing in front of the tomb, and, and Mar- he says to Martha, roll away the tomb. Roll away the stone, I mean. And so she says, okay, I don't really know if I'm going to do that. He's going to stink. What is, what are, what is everybody going to think? She has this moment where she's being invited to take a bold, active step of faith, and yet I guarantee in her spirit she has this moment of hesitation and this moment of pushback of like, oh my gosh, are you actually serious? And Jesus goes on to tell her, yes, I'm serious. And if you if, if you want to walk out your faith, didn't I tell you that if you believe in me, you will see the glory of God? That is the moment that we are experiencing here. And so I need to recognize, and I would submit that you need to recognize as you're going through this process of, of connecting with the Lord, of hearing from him, are you trying to control or manipulate a situation? Yes, we contend for heaven on earth. We are praying for things, but we don't actually know how God wants to manifest that on the earth. We don't know because his ways are higher than our ways. We're constantly going back around this cycle of, of saying, okay, I feel this in my spirit. I'm holding onto this very tightly. And yet, Lord, I know that your ways are higher than my ways. I know that you can bring heaven to earth, but I don't know what that's going to look like. So I trust you to do it in your time and in your way. If you're sensing some growing resistance in your mind, your body, your emotions, and you're not sure what's about to happen, ask the Lord to reveal any blind spots. Ask him. You know, you don't know what you don't know, and God is not going to punish you for that. But because we don't know, we have a moment when he says, you don't know, but I know. So why don't you ask me? I love this verse in Daniel chapter 2, verse 22. Daniel is reminding us that God is in the business of shedding light, bringing light into our darkness. So right now, even under the sound of my voice, I want you to know that God is bringing light into any dark places in your heart and in your soul and in your circumstances right now. Daniel 2.22 in the CSB version says, He, God, reveals the deep and hidden things. He knows what's in the darkness and the light dwells in him. So even though you don't know what's happening, you don't necessarily know where the dark places are in your life and in your body and in your mind, God knows. And if you allow him to do the excavating, if you will allow him to come in and till the soil and bring these things up to the light, that is how the healing will happen. It's so funny because 
I feel like, I don't know if you guys have kids that say this, but I'll ask my, my child something, uh, my teenager, and I'll be like, hey, could you just do this for me? Or uh, this is, hey, would you like, would you like some of this dinner I'm making? And they'll be like, nah, I'm good. Like that phrase, nah, I'm good is one of the phrases that absolutely drives me bonkers. I'm just thinking, okay, could you just say, oh, yes, please, I would love that, mom, or no, thank you. Thank you so much for thinking of me, but I don't want that right now. They're like, nah, I'm good. And I feel like that's this part of, of this journey with the Lord and responding in active faith. Like there's just sometimes I want to be like, well, thanks for mentioning that to me, God. Thanks for bringing that revelation, but nah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm fine with how things are right now, and I don't really want to give you the time of day and do that thing. So if you feel like you're living in this resistance zone, you are not alone because I feel it all the time, absolutely all the time. I love Pete Scazzaro's wonderful book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. So if you are working out some of this stuff and and these topics are resonating with you, I would absolutely recommend that you add that to your reading list. It's been around a long time. Maybe some of you have read it, but there's a quote in there in which Scazzaro writes, he says, in our more honest moments, most of us will admit that much like an iceberg, we are made up of deep layers that exist well beneath our day-to-day awareness. So we, there's so much of what we're experiencing that we are not aware of. He says we attend church, we participate regularly, we quote, clean up our lives by addressing any issues with alcohol and drugs or foul language or illicit behavior, et cetera, et cetera. We begin to pray and share Christ with others, but, and here's the kicker, the roots of who we are continue unchanged and unmoved. He says the problem is that a large portion of what's below the surface remains untouched by Christ. Here's this moment again. Do you want Christ to come in and actually touch you in a way that transforms your experience here on earth? The only way that he can do that is if you allow it. If you resist, if you don't allow it, he's a gentleman. He's not going to push his way through. He's not going to barge in and force himself on you. Absolutely not. You have a choice. Scazzaro continues to write, he says, Our activity for God can only properly flow from life with God. We cannot give what we do not possess. So much of us in the church are just actively working for God, for God, for God, for God. And God is saying, I want you to live life with me, co-labor with me. Allow me to come in and, and heal those broken places in your life so that together we can shed the light of Christ into other people's hurt, into other people's pain and minister to them as well. You have to know yourself and allow Christ to illuminate the dark places, to bring light into the dark and hidden places so that you may know God, so that you may experience his life here on earth and you may bless other people because of it. So here are some questions that you can ask yourself. What is your spirit bristling against right now? As you think about your life, as you think about the invitation of God, what are, what's coming up for you? What are you resisting? Do you sense God asking you to have a hard, awkward, painful conversation with somebody? 
lots of times that's it for me, especially as an Enneagram nine, man. If he's like, you know what? You got to be honest about how you truly feel and what's actually going on in your life. I'm like, ooh, but what are they going to think? I don't really know if I can be that honest with them. And the Lord's like, yeah, that's that's how we grow. That's how you bring my glory is, is when you step out of your comfort zone in a challenging way and you make a bold move that feels risky. Of course, always in love. I don't know how many times I need to repeat that, but this is always in love and compassion and connection. God is not a God of disconnection. Satan is the one who's the divider. He's the deceiver. He disconnects. So let's be real clear that that the Holy Spirit is going to bring about reconciliation, going to bring about forgiveness, going to bring about wholeness and love moving forward. Satan is quite the opposite. So when you're hearing thoughts in your mind, when you are when you are feeling the sense towards towards a movement, towards an action, towards saying something, ask yourself, is it bringing me closer to God and other people in love? Even if it's hard and awkward, is it bringing us closer together because it's important to the healing process? Or will this disconnect, will this hurt, shame, add guilt, etc.? Then I believe you must pause and think before you do something like that. I think about the Good Samaritan, the parable of the Good Samaritan, and, and Jesus is describing, this is familiar to many of you, I'm sure of it, but there's a man traveling down the road from Jerusalem to Jericho and he gets robbed. And they beat him, and then they disrobe him, and they leave him naked and bleeding and in critical condition. And then a priest happens upon him and crosses on the other side. A Levite on his way to the temple also sees the victim lying there and keeps his distance. Finally, a Samaritan, the one who, who is despised by the Jewish people, journeys and feels compassion on this man. He stops He gives him first aid. He loads him on his donkey, takes him to an inn, cares for him, pays for the innkeeper to take care of him. And honestly, I cringe every time I hear this story because I'm like, dang it. I really want to be the good Samaritan. But so often in my life, I feel like I'm actually the other two people because entering into someone else's pain, I, I just, my body resists it. Why? Why does my body resist this? Because I, I wonder what's going to happen to me. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. describes human nature so well. And he describes this, this moment of resistance so well. He said, the first question which the priest and Levite asked was, well, if I stop to help this man, what will happen to me? But the Samaritan reversed the question and he said, if I do not stop and help this man, what will happen to him? So there's this moment as you feel your flesh resisting the invitation, resisting the Holy Spirit invitation to connect and show compassion and and enter into generosity and love and encouragement, engaging with other people. Are you thinking about what's going to happen to yourself, to you in this scenario? Or are you thinking, man, if I don't stop, if if you have the means, if you have the wisdom, if you have the finances, if you have the advice to give to somebody else and you don't stop and help, what will happen to them? That's a game changer. So here are four things. I mentioned at the top of this episode that I'm titling this four reasons why we resist walking in obedient faith. And here are four reasons that I believe come to mind. Here are four things that really we might find it hard to engage in active faith and obedience because of these four things. 
Number one, we do not trust the shepherd. At the crux of it all, do we trust God? Do we trust that he is who he says he is, that the good shepherd, Jesus Christ, actually knows best, actually leads, guides, and and we must follow? Many times I just think, I, I know best, and I don't actually trust the shepherd. Number two, we don't like where he's taking us. So if you're following the good shepherd and you don't like the direction you're going, your flesh is going to resist because you would rather map out another route. Why go through Samaria? This is the question that the disciples asked Jesus when he was on his way to a divine appointment with the woman at the well. He's saying, we are going to go this way and we are going to go through Samaria. And all of them are like, hold up. No, thank you. Why do we have to go that way? And Jesus knows that they need to go this difficult route, this awkward, this painful route, because there is a divine appointment on the other side. So think about it. If you don't like where he's taking you, ask yourself, why? Do you trust the good shepherd? Do you trust that he's taking you a certain way because he has a certain plan? Number three, we are just plain stubborn. We're just plain stubborn sheep and we don't want to do it. You can tell me all day long that there's a divine appointment on the other end, but if my flesh is rearing up and really does not want to have to walk through something that I perceive as painful, awkward, weird, crazy, then I'm like, I don't really want to do that. Nah, I'm good. So maybe it's just a spirit of stubbornness that is getting in the way of you actually receiving and experiencing the fullness of God's kingdom on this earth. And lastly, the fourth one, it feels too vulnerable. Maybe you are having trouble walking in active obedience because it feels vulnerable. What if you get hurt or disappointed? What if it doesn't turn out the way that you think or the way you hoped? It's self-protection. We are self-protective creatures. Bottom line, at the end of the day, we are flesh wants to protect. We want to self-protect. And so we don't trust the shepherd. We don't like where he's taking us. We're very stubborn and it feels too vulnerable. Do any of these things resonate with you? If they resonate with you, congratulations. You are a human being because I think that all four of them highly resonate with me. And yet we have this moment. You and I have this moment. We have this choice where we can say, Lord, I am stubborn. I am afraid of getting hurt. I don't like where you're taking me. I don't know if I trust you. And yet, so you can confess. You can confess what you're feeling, what you're experiencing, what you're thinking. Give it to God and say, I confess. And yet, will will you forgive me? And will you renew my mind? Will you replace all of this fleshly thinking with your Holy Spirit? James tells us plainly in, in James chapter 4, 13 through 17, that it's a sin to know what we ought to do and not do it. I mean, I I don't even know what to say after that. If we've had the personal revelation and we still choose not to do it, then we are walking in active sin. We know that God has told us something and we're choosing not to do it. Now, again, God's not asking you to do something dark and destructive that will hurt others. No. We, we know from Titus 
chapter three, verse two, it says, don't tear down another person with your words. Instead, keep the peace, be considerate and truly humble towards everyone. But at the end of the day, we have to remember that we're not alone. We all struggle in this together. Even Paul struggled in this. In First in Corinthians 10, 13, he says, any temptation you face will be nothing new. But God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can handle, but he will always provide a way of escape so that you will be able to endure and keep moving forward. God's already provided an escape plan. He knows that you are human. He designed you. He created you. He understands your strengths and your weaknesses. He knows where you get tripped up and he's provided a way out. Will you accept his way out? The ultimate key is to embrace and explore this resistance in your soul, to walk towards it, to talk about it, to be honest with it, to be honest about it with God, with other people, with yourself, so that you can root out anything, any stronghold or demonic forces that are trying to just find their way into your mind, body, and soul and kind of cozy up in there. They don't have to do that. You can evict those strongholds. You can evict those demons with your words. And you say, by the power and the blood of Jesus Christ, I cast you out in Jesus' name. Because if you see these spirits taking hold in your life, a spirit of stubbornness, a spirit of control, a spirit of resistance, a spirit of self-protection, you can you can name it, understand it, not judge yourself for it and say, you know what? I don't want to fall prey to that. I don't want to allow that control over my mind, over my body in this space, in this season, on this earth. I'm going to root it out. I'm going to ask Jesus to come in and shine his light on this space, on this challenge, on this problem, on this stronghold, on this demonic activity, whatever it is, And he has the power. He has the supernatural power to root it out so that you can walk freer. You can walk in light and love and then in active faith because he is speaking to you. He is revealing himself to you and you because he loves you. He's not making you do anything. There's no manipulation or control on his end. He's provided the way out. He's come. He's atoned for our sins. He's by the blood and you know, death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We can walk in freedom. So do you choose that today? Will you walk with him? You're not meant to do this alone. You are not meant to struggle with this alone. And if you're in a season where you're feeling pretty lonely or you want to get connected with a group of believers who are honest and real and messy and working all this stuff out, then I want to invite you to join the Untangled Faith book study and journaling study. It's starting the week of September 18th. I've mentioned this time and time again. Even if you've read the book, there is something absolutely different, something deeper, something supernaturally different when you walk through this with other people. Because we get to come together as a group of believers, as a group who are saying, you know what, we're messy, we're broken, and yet we know that God has good plans and purposes for us. Let's root out some of the stuff that's keeping us stuck and move forward in wisdom. And it will be, it will be amazing. I, I'm so excited to have you there. Go to untangledfaithbook.com. Do it now before you forget because the time is running short. This starts the week of September 18th, and we are going to go after it. 
no matter how many people there are there, if there's a few, if, if there's a lot, I know that God has something special that he wants to tell you in this season. And I would be honored to be a part of it and help you discover what he's leading you into, where he's taking you on your journey of faith. It's a journey. We never arrive and just wrap everything up in a bow. But today, I want to tell you, it's time to explore the resistance, pay attention to what's going on in your own soul so that you can root out whatever is keeping you stuck and move forward in active faith. All right, I love you guys and hope to see you next time. Thank you so much for listening. If this episode challenged or inspired you, I would be honored if you would rate it and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts so others can hang out with us too. If you'd like to connect at a deeper level, you can find me on Instagram at Megan underscore Nilsen or head to my website, meganbnilsen.com and schedule a free curiosity and connection call. Let's keep the conversation going.